Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy David from Canada, and we are going to talk about disc three of this incredible box set. But before that, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here today. This is awesome. I love this box set. Before we start, I have to apologize for the look of my room today because I'm I'm doing a whole remodel in my office. You know, usually about every once or two months I tear down the posters I have and I put new ones up. But I'm doing a, uh, a re, you know, redoing the whole room, so it's a little messy. But anyway, yeah, so I'm excited to Look talk about you this. Got, you got a lot of Jovi up there. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of Jovi in here. I got a lot of Jovi in storage. I, I got so much, and that's why I'm able to tear things down and put new stuff up, because I can't stand looking at the same picture for months on end. That's so, funny. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, this was uh, released in, actually today is the anniversary of it, November 16th, uh, 2004. You know, when, when I put this out this week, and it's going to be like four days later, people will be like, today's not the anniversary. So I have to say November 16th, 2004, this is when we're, when we're recording it. But uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, this came out 17 years ago today. Now, I remember I was, how old was I? I was... 12 and so i had been a fan for four years now at that time and i remember it was you know my dad was starting to say okay what do you want for christmas blah 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 and i was like there's only one thing that i want for christmas and it's this you know and back then this was like 75 80 dollars to get yeah. and uh so my dad said i can get it and i and so i begged my dad I said but dad there's more i need to get it on the first day because i got crushed on the first day one one night in the first day bounce on the first day this stuff feels right on the first day so i had to get <laughs> the box so my dad took me to kmart to get the album the box set and my dad and then so i begged him please with my dad can i please just open it and look at the inside and just listen to one disc thankfully after bugging him and bugging him <laughs> to do it he let me <laughs> pick out a, a disc so randomly I, I chose disc three and that's actually my favorite disc on the box that which we're going to talk me about too today. and we're going to room for a good chat and i remember <laughs> listening to that album you know like edge of a broken heart and so forth yeah. i loved it so much and my dad maybe put the disc back after listening to it and i couldn't open it till christmas so yeah. you can imagine the first gift that i opened on christmas day the this box yeah <laughs> the box but uh so that's my memory of and i remember i just, i love the these there's four discs of these songs i've never heard and this is before youtube and all that so oh, yeah. anyway so what, what's your so what was the day when you got it oh i every bon jovi album is day one for me um i remember going on because you know like you said at that time all you had would be say bonjovi.com to get your information from and you know, I didn't think we Google things really back then, if I recall. So I would go on their website all the time. I remember when Crush and Bounce were out looking all the time. And so I knew this was coming and I was so excited. And uh, just kind of like with One Wild Night, I, I left work. And uh, in Canada, we had this store, which is now defunct, called Music World. And uh, so I went into the mall and I, I got it that day. I just couldn't wait to get it. So I bought it and I, went, and I brought it back to my apartment at the time. And I couldn't decide, do I, you know, do I play a song here and there? Do I go album at a time? You know, you're like that little kid in the, in the candy store. It was like yeah. overwhelming. You got like, I looked at four new Bon Jovi albums at one time. It was like mind blowing, right? Even as an adult, like, is that, you know? So uh, I think I, I might've scrolled a little bit the first day, but I think I pretty much did every day or two a new disc. Cause I really want to get to know each album. 
And I was right. so excited every time I could get, whether I get up in the morning and I'm getting ready for work or whether, you know, it was lunch break in my car or whether it was, it was uh, coming home and just trying to get the other disc on to hear more, you know, and, and you know, you have to give something at least five, six listens before you get a good feel for it. So mm -hmm. you, you times up like four albums and you're, you know, and of course putting the DVD on too. Uh, it was, it was, uh, and it just, uh, you know, maybe a great day to, to be a Bon Jovi fan. And uh, this three ended up being my favorite, although, you know, I kind of, I was looking at your discussions for one and two. Um, you know, they're uh, so they're pretty close, but overall, I, I think this three is my favorite too. Yeah, what's your favorite song on this three? This three? Well, you know, we're, we're, it's kind of like I'm, I'm a big baseball fan, so we're, we're hitting one of the park with the leadoff hitter here. I'd probably say "Edge of a Broken Heart." Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. my favorite on the disc, but um, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. so yes, you know, like you and I kind of explained, you know, this box it is truly, true, truly, truly. For the diehard fans, you know oh, this yeah. is what yeah you know, this is what we're bitching about. This is what we're hoping for for forty years. We're hoping to get another box set. So back then, this was a big yeah. deal. You know, it's filled with outtakes, <laughs> B sides, mm -hmm. and then we also get a DVD of like interviews about these songs. It's it, it's so great, and um, and then the, you know the album cover, you know, obviously is a re so. A hundred million Bon Jovi fans can't be wrong. That was to celebrate them selling a hundred million albums and um, uh, twenty years. And then so they did Elvis because Elvis did fifty million fans can't be wrong. Right. And they did, you know, so that was pretty cool. I don't know, but I think it's time we dig into disc three because I love this disc so this this that's a tongue twister. This disc so much, so much. And it's so well-rounded with all the members getting featured, too, right? Exactly, yeah. All right, so first uh, first uh, track is Edge of a Broken Heart. This is one of my two favorite tracks. This is, pro if you were to look at any of the band's outtakes that they've ever taken out of an album, <clears throat> Edge of a Broken Heart is the very, very, very first song that I would say, this does this needs to be on the album. This is the one outtake that was the coulda, woulda, shoulda, and it should have been on the album because I think I think it would have been a massive hit. I agree. Yeah, and and by John's omission, he you know he said I'm not a good A and R guy. How do we miss this one, right? Yeah, you know? it was like you know, look at our prayer. We almost didn't get prayer. You know. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so this this song was written by John Ritchie and Desmond Tyler <laughs> uh, back in '86. Um, this is actually a really big diehard fan favorite. A lot of diehards like us and others really, really love the song. Um, what I really like about it um, is that guitar intro. Mm -hmm. You know, that da 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 You know, it has that 80s sound and then it has that yeah. kind of, yeah. And then the drum, the boom, 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 boom. And then it goes into the keys. And then you get that. I mean, it's just, it's such a great band collaboration in that intro. Yeah. And then John's vocals, honestly, if, if I look at the Superman album in its entirety with outtakes and the songs that were on the album, this is probably my favorite song that's from Slippery Era, where John's vocals were just phenomenal. Like my favorite vocal song. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um... Yes. You know, and, and this is one of the few tracks actually I had prior to the box set. And, and, and you know, we'll probably talk more in our, in our wrap up later. But um, to me, this is, I've always said since last 17 years, I think it is today, this is the best box set any band has ever put out. Because as you alluded to at the start, 
who buys box sets? It's the, it's the diehard fans, right? So exactly. like a lot of bands will put some demos and, 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 and a lot of greatest hits and that on there. But this was, like I said, essentially four new Bon Jovi albums. And uh, th this was one of the rare tracks that I did know prior to. Um, but yeah, but not, not having a really good clear copy of it. And it was just such a good song. And I know it was on the Orderly's uh, soundtrack too, I think yep. it was. Yep. Um, but the lyrics are just so good. And I think it's a song that's so relatable with everyone. Um, I've, uh, you know, I've even quoted it on uh, Valentine cards by my guilty admission here. Uh, my favorite line, I'll, I'll start that, is uh, when I hold out my hand, I'll be reaching for you. Oh, I'll give it all I can do. That was mine. You so waiting for love, I'll be waiting for you. Oh, man. you took That, <laughs> that, that is it. such an incredible bridge. <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I love that, and just the you way did. that he uh, yeah. sings it, you know, oh, it's so good. And I'll ask, I'm going to give a, a huge credit to David on this one because the keys yeah. on this song are so good and they're so I loud and you can yeah. hear them. Um, another thing is, can you imagine what this song would be like live? Now I'll tell you, on the cruise, uh, the Bon Jovi cruise that I did. There was a band called Stipper One Wet, and they played this, and it was so good mm. the way that they did it. So I, I imagine, can you imagine Bon Jovi opening up with this? Oh, even yeah. even as like, a, like even as a, a show opener, I think it would be because I think that just the intro of the song is really build you up. You wouldn't want to be late getting your getting your snacks and beer to, to that one, huh? You're coming oh. in, and it's starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But. For me, the, the meaning of this song, I think, is just uh, being so close uh, on, on the edge of a broken heart, you know, not getting that girl and, you know, seeing the girl that you like with someone else, you know, and it, it's just, it's killing you. And if, yeah. if you continue to see it, you're going to have a broken heart. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like I said, um, who knows, maybe uh, they'll, uh, you know what they could do? I think they should do. I know it's a 35th for Slippery. If they did a um, uh, uh, anniversary edition of it or a reissue of Slippery, mm -hmm. use this song to promote the re you know the reissue of Slippery. So make it a single all these years later, right? Maybe that's exactly. an idea. Yeah, yep, exactly. That would be the song to promote it. Next track is Sympathy. And this was for the Keep the Faith album, written by John and Richie. And I think it was written in if I if my memory serves correct, I think this was written in Vancouver. Yeah. With and they, they wrote some of these songs, um, and Sympathy was one of them because they were, at that time they were going to do the double album for Keep the Faith because they promised to do that for New Jersey but never did. Then the live album and they never did. So Keep the Faith was supposed to be a double album, and so they wrote a lot more songs and Sympathy was one of them. Um, and I think it was also I think when they were in Vancouver when they were, <laughs> I think they were watching a. Beatles, no, it was a Rolling Stones, Stones. Yeah. feature, and they kind of got um, influenced from that. Um, to be honest with you, it's not one of my favorite. I mean, I don't mind it. I think when when the box set first came out, I really was like, yeah. Mm. But as I've gotten older and stuff, I I think I like it a lot more now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your what's your overview of the song? Uh, kind of similar to you, I, I found the Stones uh, tidbit interesting too. When John said they, had, I think they had the screen muted and just watching, you know, and no one can move on stage like Mick Jagger, even at his age. God bless him, you know. Yeah. He, he's just so unique to watch, and uh, you know, so it, just to have them inspired by Mick and Keith, and uh, and 
having a song from that. But yeah, I can see why it didn't make the Faith album. Um, you know, it's 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 a good second track rocker on the box set. I think I think the box set yeah. was the perfect vehicle for this song. Like yep. you though, it's it's not one that I initially gravitated to, and you know, and thought, okay, I really want to play this over and over, right? But uh, I think it fits fine on on just three and in the collection though. Yeah, and John's I think John's vocals are probably the best part of this song. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's some and there's some good lines in there, like you know, you stole my heart and you took all the cash. You know, yeah. you left me with, left me with the trash and and some of those words like that. There's some, of course, some cheeky uh, lyrics on oh, there. Yeah. That, I, I think that I kind of wrote this around the same time that I wrote "Why Aren't You Dead." You know, because if you if I you love that song. Both lyrics yeah. on both songs. Yeah. I think that they were writing them simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite lyric is "Don't come knocking on my back door. Love ain't living around here no more." You know, yeah. like, like, don't come to me, you know, to be, I'm not yours to be used anymore. And I think that's what the song's kind of about is just being dumped and not feeling like good enough, but knowing that she's not good enough either. Cause she, she's got her sins and you've got your sins. And like, like the line, she's no bride to be, you know, right. like, you know, so I think you, it's a song about looking at each other's fault and, and not wanting sympathy for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I do. And, you know, and it's certainly a relatable song. And uh, I think it was um, a strong outtake at the time, you know, for them, for them to put on. But when you look at Keep the Faith and the 12 tracks, I did, did choose. And then, of course, with Save a Prayer added as the 13th one down the road, you know, it, it, it's not going to cut the mustard for, for, you know, for those top 13 songs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It, it must be hard to choose at the time, like, to, in John's defense, like, you know, you look at edge of a broken heart as we said how do you pick sometimes you know because if you write that song and you know i'm not a songwriter per se but they're all kind of like your children right like you love all these songs yeah. and how do you decide okay do i go this one over this one and you kind of lean on other people to give you some guidance yeah. i suppose you know like edge could have been on it and prayer almost didn't make it you know what i mean it yeah is, it is hard at the time you probably don't know and we didn't even get the damn double album <laughs> keep the faith i mean yeah, I know. So, one other thing I really like about Sympathy is at the end when they do the whole, which we're going to lead to the next song here. Yeah. Uh, for Only in My Dreams. But at the end of Sympathy, they do His Name is Deco. I love that. And you just like, you get that whole, you know, like what it sounds like, you know, because a lot of these were demos. So you hear what the band sounds like. <laughs> But then they also show you the fun that they have, you know, like like stupid stuff like His Name is Deco, you know, like all that stupid fun stuff you know so it's kind of cool to see that side of the band Definitely. and then they lead into only in my dreams which is the next track and, and yeah. that was also going to be for keep the faith uh for if my memory serves correctly they wrote this song and john just couldn't get it right mm. and he is like you know let's let's give this one to tico to sing and which let me sidetrack for a second another cool thing about this box that was that this also gave the whole band a chance to shine. So Richie with I, if I can't have your love, David with Memphis yeah. lives in me, and then Tico only in my dreams. Um, so yes, yeah, so this was written by John, and then he just wanted Tico to. I don't think there was ever a plan to put this out on the album. I think it was just one of those songs. Hey, let's just do whatever with it and see how it turns out. And this was uh, for faith, so, was it not? This was for faith too, I think. Yes. You know, yeah. It was. It was for keep the faith. Yeah. Um, I was glad to see that they did this live once in 2004. See, I actually posted this to Twitter yeah. two, yeah. three weeks ago of just John, you know, and it was so awkward to see John. And the, just like, 
<laughs> yeah. You know, back and forth and you see take, you know. So yeah. I think as as fans like us, we really appreciate seeing yeah. something like that. But what's what's your what's your whole overview of the whole song? I was just blown away the first time I heard it and in, in the, that first week, like we talked about. And I still love it. And I love that clip on Twitter of Tico singing. And man, he has such a good voice. And I think, as I said, you know, in the notes, he really does, uh, to me, resemble Louis Armstrong, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I just, the other day, I, I was watching the uh, the new oh, James wait. Bond film, No Time to Die. And at the end of the movie, Louis Armstrong comes on and sings, We Have All the Time in the World. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, I just, and I, of course, I also flash back to, to Tico singing this song. He does have that uh, kind of a similarity, doesn't he, to that? Because yeah. you never really hear a, a drum, most drummers sing. And as much as you listen to Bon Jovi and go to concerts, to see him, to hear him do lead like that, you hear him in the background and stuff like that, but you don't really know what his voice sounds like on its own, right? So this was the first time I really heard just Tico sing, you know, lead and, and period without without others kind of joining in. So I found him uh, just really, uh, it was a nice surprise. Yeah, it, it just has that nice common uh, voice. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember, I think there's also an accordion in this song. Yes. Yeah, David was on the, on, the, on the accordion there too, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but this song to me, I think, is uh, a reflective uh, song. I think it just it kind of looks back and uh, wishing you could do anything to relive those uh, memories again and that relationship that you once were in. Yeah. Um, and my favorite line is, I can't bend the hands of time, so I think myself to sleep the way you never said goodbye, if only in my dreams. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like that. Yeah. Me too. And I, I think, and, and this is one of the songs where I don't know if I, that would be up there. I don't know if I have a favorite line per se. I think it's just hearing Tico's voice and, and the energy that the song brings and the smile that puts on your face. Right. Yep. For me, I think it's the general vibe of the song. Exactly. Right? The yeah. chorus is so good. And, you know, that, that, that twang, I don't know if the twang's the right word, but like that, that, da, 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 you know, that accordion yeah. and guitar combined and, yeah, I, I love it. And I was yeah. actually listening to the song earlier, and it got stuck in my head for the rest yeah. of the evening. And I was like, "Well, I'm doing the chat with my buddy here, so I guess it's okay." <laughs> let's, let's do the next song. Uh, "Shut Up and Kiss Me," which hmm. now I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. So this was actually written by John, and it was a demo for Destination Anywhere. Okay. John didn't finish it, didn't like it, and so, but I think they took it out for crush demos, and then Richie and Desmond Child finished it with him. Mm. Still became an outtake, but um, I think it was originally, I think the demo was performed mm. by, John had like this weird side band for a second, Uh JBJ and the Wild Dogs. I was thinking of JBJ and the Wild Ones, yeah. Yeah, something something like that. And then so they recorded this, and it, just, it didn't. John didn't like it, and then, <clears throat> like I said, wrote it for Crush. Yeah. Uh, I I I think this is like one of those songs that really sounds like a true demo, you know, yeah. which makes the box it authentic. Um, what, what's your what's your whole take on this song? I like it. It has a different a different vibe to it for me, and I, yeah, it, it makes sense that it maybe it originated from the Destination Anywhere sessions because, uh, yeah, it, 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 in in a good way, it, it, I think it adds a little bit of variety to the to the Bon Jovi sound a bit there. Um, you know, you put on it's okay, it's nice, it's a, it's a little different. Um, you know, and I think the I think the theme and the messaging is kind of universal again. You know, um, trying to 
um, make it day to day and, and, and going through the hard yep. times. Like, uh, don't need no candles. You know, you're the spark. Those type of words in there yeah. kind of res resonate with you, right? Exactly. And, uh, and the course yeah. is just... The course doesn't kind of hit you in the face, but it it's uh, more of like a it's hard to explain like a bit of a subtle uh, subtle yeah. sound to it, or a little more um, kind of a even flow to it more. Yeah, um, I, I think the drums too on this. I think it really stands out for me. I really, I don't know if if this version is JBJ and the Wild Dogs or if it's the band. Mm. I've always wondered that. I think it's the band. Mm -hmm. It could be wrong though. Anyway, uh, my favorite lyric is "Don't need no matches, just a fire in the mm -hmm. dark." We come together. Well, that's a good start. You know, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. yeah. But you have a favorite line of it? Uh just just what uh what I said there. Um, you know, don't need uh no candles. You're the spark. I uh, don't need no matches, just a fire in the dark. Yeah, you know? good Man, line. Yeah. Shut up and, and kiss me, and yeah. The next one is uh, Crazy Love, and this was a demo for Crush. Now, you know, I talked about how Sympathy, I didn't like it when it came out, but then I learned to love it. Crazy Love, I was actually crazy, pun intended. I know you're good with your puns. I try. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, crazy <clears throat> Love, uh, I loved it. I, I, It was one of my favorites when the box that first came out. Now, it, it's, it's okay. I, I enjoy it. I just I don't have as much love for it as I used to. Yeah. But it was written by John, Mark Hudson, and Dave Stewart, I believe. And it's just, you know, one of those songs that's just about crazy for someone. And I think it's like to me, I feel like it's like one of those songs that you you feel towards someone in the beginning of a relationship. It's new and it's exciting <clears throat> and you're just crazy and you you just think about that person. Um I think the chorus is really good. It's one of those catchy choruses, you know. Here she goes. And his tone in, in, in the chorus, too. What's that? And the way his his voice goes, like the tone he uses, like the oh, pitch. Oh, yeah, and it's, it goes high. Oh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, is this one of those fun songs that you could just listen to and sing along to and, you know, yeah. have fun with it? And what you, I think you hit the nail right in the head there, too, Jerry, like, because um, at, when this song came out, I met someone for – for, for around the first time and I still think her you know walking in you know or here poofy and and I think of this song and I had this song of course playing these discs all the yeah. time I still have flashbacks to to this song and that girl who later became my wife right <laughs> so <laughs> I had this you know in my head at the time you know what else I love about this song too I think the bridge is is really fun too you know like when he's like no wait a minute yeah I, yeah. I can't believe my eye you know like <laughs> who's I that yeah. Yeah. Who's that? You know, just here she comes. Yeah. And she, she. Sorry. No, go ahead, buddy. Oh, she teases me, squeezes me, but I'm a man uh, when I'm in her arms. Right. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. My favorite line is "Throw a coat of paint on this rusty heart." Ain't it funny how life imitates art? Mm. I love that line so much. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about this song for the next one? No, it's just kind of after yeah. uh, kind of picking up with, with, with the Tico song keeps the fun going on the record on this um, this three record, right? And yep. It just has that nice nice vibe, and you know sometimes you're like you said before, you're, if you're going to work in the morning and you want something energetic to kind of put a smile on your face, Crazy Love always will do that. I think it's one of those happy songs, right? Yep, exactly. And reflective, like you said about your your wife, you know, it makes you yeah. look back at that and 
Next one is Lonely at the Top. And wow. this was for these days. Now we talk about fun songs now we're in a sad one. Yeah. So this was written by John Ritchie. And so obviously this song was written uh, after Kurt Cobain's death. He had committed yeah. suicide. And uh, John wrote this song for his daughter Franny. And if my memory serves right, I think John gave this song written to Franny the day of Kurt Cobain's funeral. Okay. But the obviously the song is all about lonely at the top so you know how big kurt was and so sometimes you know i think as people we we think that once celebrities are at their highest and successful you know they think that life is so good and they're so happy well it's that's not true the truth you know a lot i think you know i think celebrities you know have the same emotions same anxiety same stressors that we do and so when you're at the top you know, you may not be happy, you know, because you don't have everything that you want in life. And I think that, you know, as John had said, too, there was nowhere else for him to go. He didn't know where to go. You know, music kind of faded out for him. You know, the music industry wasn't what he thought it was. And and, and so there's just a lot of these stressors that made him, you know, kill himself. So, you know, the song, you know, like how, how it starts, tell Franny, I'm sorry, she didn't get to meet her dad, you know. Is that actually his his daughter's name, Kurt Cobain's? Yeah, uh, Fran Francis or something. Let me look it. Let me look it up. Yeah, it's a good. I, I believe. Was, I was never a Nirvana <clears throat> fan, uh, but I do. No, myself neither. Story. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Cobain. <clears throat> so yeah, Francis Bean Cobain. Okay. She's actually pretty hot, but that's besides the fact. <laughs> so yeah so it's it's a sad song it um, is and that's my favorite line of the song tell franny i'm sorry she didn't get to meet her dad you know so you you look at all these celebrities who you know who have addiction problems or you know commit suicide or you know are depressed um you know it's lonely at the top what do you so what's your what's your view of the song uh, kind of same as you, you know, my favorite line is, you know, life becomes worthless when they steal your dreams. And, you know, that's essentially what it's about, because as it song alludes to, it's not what you thought it would be being, quote, on the top of your profession, being in the top of your industry yeah. and having all the commercial and, and success. It's not what, you know, you thought it would be. Right. Um, yeah. This is one of the few songs also in the collection that I actually had prior to. I remember at the time. When these days came out, they had, remember they had those maxi singles, like the five songs on them. I think this was on, if I'm not mistaken, on the "This Ain't a Love Song" um, yeah. uh, single. And I think the other song we're going to do, "Ordinary World," was on that, along with "Prostitute." Yep. And one other one, I can't remember what the other one was now. But so I actually had this is one of the few songs I actually had prior oh, to on the single. What was it? I think it was "Wedding Day." Oh. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. So I so I knew this song, but yeah, it just has that kind of vibe to it where it makes you kind of reflect on things and. You know, and if you're, uh, you know, things aren't going that well for you, it's a song that I think it's kind of, for me, a, a bit kind of like a bit of a lullaby, a bit soothing, um, yeah. because it has a heavy, heavy subject to it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, things aren't always what they seem on the surface, where you think person A should be happy, or even sometimes yourself, you feel like, why aren't I happy? Things are going so well for me in this area, but what's bringing me, you know, bringing me down, right? And it's sad when when someone doesn't get, get the help that they that they need to get. And have yeah. you know a support system in place, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, so and this song reflects that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next one <coughs> is ordinary people. Mm. This is probably one of my favorites uh, as far as subject matter goes. Um, like you said, this was written for these days. It was written by John. Uh, this was written around the same time they did Flesh and Bone, yeah. and uh, they thought that it was too dark, which is amazing because if you listen to the These Days album, hello, it's dark. Yeah. You know, so I don't. Yeah. You know, and they said that it's not dark, but I think it is. So it's weird how this didn't make it. I can see why it didn't make it. You know, it doesn't really yeah. fit the album, but I love it. I think it's one of my favorite outtakes from the album. Okay. Uh, so John actually wrote this, and then it sat for a while, and then they rewrote it. I think at David's house. Okay. Uh, but they couldn't find the right ending, I think, and that's why I kind of got thrown to the side. Yeah. Um, I think this. Uh, this song's all about just having those dreams and having the struggles, just like as the next person, whether you're successful. And it's kind of like a good uh, sequel to Lonely at the Top. You know, you could be the biggest thing, but you're still an ordinary person. Or people like you and me, you know, ordinary people, and we're in extraordinary times. Mm. Um, so that's what m my whole meaning behind it is. I, yeah, I think... Yeah. I think the chorus is probably the best part of the song too. Mm -hmm. You know the way that the band you know has the backing vocals and then John's vocals. Um, but what's your what's your take? Yeah, it's it's one of the songs that kind of sticks in your head too, doesn't it? You go, oh, and, you're, and you kind of keep kind of humming or singing it when you even when you shut shut it off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, I I think I see why I didn't make the these days collection. I mean, yeah, um, you know, it's not one of my favorites in the whole box set but i think it's one that deserves to be on there um and you know i kind of get the same meaning that you get behind it and uh, it kind of like you said it's a song i certainly I, I find myself humming along to a lot and it, it gets it gets in your head and uh you know i uh, i i always enjoy it when it comes to that part of the disc when i'm playing it um it's not like i said one i'd put in my top you know list of, of favorites per se but you know it is it is uh what it is right and it's it's a, a track that i you know will kind of smile and listen to yeah, perfect. My favorite line is the bridge. And ain't nobody wants to be nobody. Everybody wants a little love, wants to be the hero and ride into the set and sun. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that line. And they're very true words. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Next one is flesh and bone. And like I said, with ordinary people, they wrote this around the same time for uh, these days. Uh, it was too dark. It was written by John and Ritchie and David Bryan. Yes. Yeah. So um, this song is kind of not one of my favorites, but I really like the meaning behind it. Uh, I think it's all about, you know, judging a book by its cover, not understanding who the person you're judging really is. You know, like mm -hmm. I think Flesh and Bone kind of is a metaphor for heart and soul and who you are. And, you know, I think this is more of an experiment. Of, like, I think they were trying to create something that wasn't really there. But it's still a good song. Very catchy. I love my favorite part. Yeah, is is the chorus. I love when John sings and the and and the and the background vocals kind of simultaneously kind of play off one another. And that's the yeah. part that kind of gets you know you you enjoy in the song. I mean, the chorus is of course the meat of the song. But I love the the dual vocals with John and the background. Yeah, and, uh, that's that's the best part of the song. And who knows? Like I said, maybe it could have been uh, you know developed into something a little more. But uh, it is. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it it's definitely um, you know a strong a strong outtake I think, and I'm, I'm thankful we got in the collection, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
you know, and you mentioned John Ritchie. Another great collaboration, I think, too, is Tico and Ritchie on this too. Especially mm-hmm. in that guitar solo, they they blend so well together. On they that do. Part. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line is, "Do the cuts bleed any different on a pauper or a king when it comes to dying? The crown don't mean a thing." And so I think you know that that whole thing means you know like uh, it doesn't matter what status you're in or who you are. You know we're all equal and we shouldn't be judging each other by our status. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one is satellite. And this was written ah, for Flash. I love this. This is written by John Ritchie and Desmond Child. Mm. Uh, John, I think. Uh, I think John had the <laughs> initiative that they wanted to put this on Crush. And he wanted to go out and, and do it live. But he thought it was too high vocally to do every night. I heard and that. So, so he didn't put it on the album. So he, he could still put it on the album <laughs> and not, not do it. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would love seeing it live. I think it's a great song, though. Um, I love it. And I think there was a rumor that there, they, this song was actually three songs and they put it into one. Mm. There was like they were writing three different songs at the same time. With like similar subject matter, and yeah. they all put it into one, which okay. became satellite. Right. Uh, which is, I think, the song is you know kind of like, uh, in a way, it makes me think of bounce and the song "Hook mm-hmm. Me Up." You know, like you're just you're feeling alone, you feel isolated. Nothing yeah. does what "Hook Me Up" is. "Hook Me Up" is still reaching out for someone, but satellite, I think, is feeling isolated and um, just looking for someone. I th- I also think it's kind of in a way questioning your faith you know looking for god like hey god can you hear me can you see me you know so religiously i think there's an aspect to it there and also like hey i need a friend you know am i the only one here that's feeling what i'm feeling you know yeah yeah my favorite line is you know are you listening um desperate saying it out in sos because i'm lost i must confess you know throwing the deepest line because you know it's the deepest part of me um I, I, this song too also like i said um it just uh i felt just very connected to it the first time i heard it um mm-hmm. i think his vocal range is really really uh nice in, in the song and it just sounds so good and yeah. i love this i loved all the subject matter that you alluded to and you know i look at it as someone who you know is is tired of being alone someone who you know who needs somebody and and um you know kind of searching for for that that somebody or something in your life maybe that that you're missing and uh you know satellite to me is that kind of um representation of that yeah you said it perfectly and you, you mentioned john's vocals um i love the way he screams satellite Sat- yeah. you know there's a high vocal yeah. uh, and then you know your favorite lyric too you know the beginning i, I love that slow intro and it's just yes. nice and easy going and then it builds up right into the chorus and yeah. My favorite line is everybody hurts, everybody cries, everybody needs someone to save them sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Next that one could, is that and that could be a hit that could have been a hit song. Like that's that's amazing to me. That, I think that, it could have too. Not on a record. And I mean, if that, that's on a record, you think, why isn't that not released? It, it wasn't even on the original record, right? That's, yeah. that's mind blowing. But if you look back at 2000 and what Crush was and what was on the radio. I'm not sure if it would have worked. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think it would have been an incredible hit, but I think at that time I don't think it would have been as successful. Yeah. But and next, one, 
Yeah, next one is If I Can't Have Your Love. And this was actually a song by Richie that he wrote and put on uh, Stranger in This Town. It was written by Richie, Desmond Child, and Diane Warren. This song is so good. This really shows Richie's talent as a singer. His vocals in this song are very passionate. Oh, yes. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I think the whole song is, just, it's just, a, it's a ballad about, I'm nothing without you. If I can't have your love, I'm nothing. Mm. What's your, what's your take on this song? Well, not to go all mushy on you again, Jerry, too, but uh, as oh. I said earlier, earlier in our, earlier in our, um, it, it, this is a song that also makes me think of my wife. Is, right is your wife beside you right now? Is that why no, she's upstairs. Now? But see, we, we literally just met when this box, box <laughs> so when I think of this song, I think of meeting her and, you know, you know, you're trying to win somebody over. So yeah. I, I just, it just, you know, gives me a nice, uh, with satellite too. And, and this one, um, gives you that nice feeling. And, and, uh, so I always think of that time in my life, but this song, um, yeah, like man, and Richie's vocals, I just, he just, you know, unbelievable how good he sounds and how he never put this on any of his solo records is beyond me. It's, uh, and I will say like, and I have all the Richie albums and everything too. To me, this is my favorite Richie song, just you know, from his yeah. solo collection. This and uh, Ballad of Youth are probably the best songs from Stranger in this town album. Yeah, one like Burning, I also I've always really liked too. Yeah, that one's yeah, that one's okay. Yeah, but this song is just drips in emotion. Uh, um, his vocals, and he's even you know, you watch him in, in recent years, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and so forth. His voice is just so strong, as and it's so powerful. Yeah, and he just moves you, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I just love this, 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 and when you ask me my favorite song on here, this is right up there for me with, uh, with Edge of a Broken Heart. I really, really yeah. take to the song. Wow, okay. Yeah, I really like this. Maybe I'm in the minor minority on that. Hey, but, that's okay. I know a lot of Richie fans love it, and I, and yeah. I love it due to Richie's vocals on it. Mm. Next one is actually my favorite one oh. out of the whole entire <laughs> box of real life. And this was written... So this was written for a movie called Ed TV. So this actually was not written for Crush, but it was pre-Crush era. And they, they wrote this song. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, I think, asked him to write this song, whatever. And uh, so, and it's funny because if you look in the music video, we're talking about pre-Crush era. Crush was actually almost called Sex Cells, which I'm right. glad it wasn't. Yeah. And so if you watch the real-life music video, you'll see a poster advertising Bon Jovi's new album, Sex Cells, out yeah. in 1999, which obviously became Crush, released in June 2000. So I thought that was kind of, you know, so like if you're like a real diehard, you know what that poster is all about. Yeah. Um, but this song was written by John and Desmond Child. Um and, and we want to talk about the music video. We'll come back up. In the music video, they have the whole band, but except for David, because David had a, I think, a handsaw accident, and so yeah, he kind of yeah. can't stay home. So in the video, you see them carrying a cardboard cutout of David, which I thought that was kind of unique. Yeah. Um, but this, is, I, I love this. I, have you ever seen that TV? Oh yeah, I watched the movie because of Bon Jovi. Yeah, me too. And, and I bought. I bought the soundtrack. I'll tell you the whole story in a minute there. But yes, yeah, so I saw the movie. Uh, but it's, uh, I love the way that it's played in the, in the movie. Uh, to me, I think this song is all about, you know, we're all human and we all bleed. We all go through difficult times. You know, this is real life. You know, 
you know, my favorite line is, why can't it be like it is on TV when the orchestra plays when you come back to me? So, you know, it's like, that's like losing someone that you love and you, you know, in the movies, they make it seem like there's a happy ending in, in everything. And you're like, you know, why can't it be like it is on TV when the orchestra plays and you come back to me? In real life, that's not happening. You're not, the orchestra isn't playing. You're not coming back to me. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, sometimes this, the song is about loss and yeah. going through the pain and, um yeah that's all i can really say i just i i truly love this song very much you know and the way that it's you know the way that john sings in the verses um i i wish that life was like it is in the movies and just all those lines you know it's incredible i i could keep going on what's your soundtrack story uh, well, I a lot. To, my first, my favorite line is when they threw me to the lions. Um, no one saved me from your grace. No one uh, wrote me new lines for what I did wrong. I could not erase. And as a guy putting his foot in his mouth more than one time, I wish I had some writer there, you know, saying, "David, don't say this. Don't do that." You know, so it's such a you know a, a true thing, right? You know, we, no one's writing yeah. new lines in real life. And that's what life is about. Life yeah. is all about trial and error. Um, but yeah, I remember I was so excited when this song came out, Jerry, because uh, it was the first band track since uh, since these days, right? And we had Destination Anywhere, so it was a good four years since that came out. And of course, they uh, they believe they reunited with Bruce Fairbairn on the song, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And I was so excited to hear a new Bon Jovi song. I remember it came out I think around March of, of that year, back in '99. And yeah. I lived up I lived up in North in this place on the uh, on the Alaska Highway, so we didn't get a lot of music back then. Right. It was hard to, to, to get copies of music and so forth because you're kind of more isolated on the Alaska Highway. Right. So finally, I remember the soundtrack came out and it was in like a, a electronic store because they didn't have any record stores. And I think it was like 25 bucks or something like that. And I only really wanted this one song because you couldn't just kind of cherry pick the songs you wanted back then. But I knew, of course, Bon Jovi was on it. And I'd heard the song and I saw the video on Friday Night Videos at the time. I don't know if you're if you're too young to watch that. It used to be a late night Friday, Friday show. So I went out and bought the soundtrack anyway. And uh, I said, just for one, paying like the like the twenty five bucks for this one song, which I just loved, and uh, and some of the other songs like Otis Redding and that was on the soundtrack too. And I actually did see the 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 ATV movie, you know, with Matthew McConaughey and stuff. Um, but I was just so excited to get this song, and and it's still one I really love. And uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a fan favorite, and you know that movie and 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 this song fits it so well. I think it is relatable because you know. In, everything works out so well in the Hollywood script, right? But in real life, it doesn't always. And you yep. know, we make we make mistakes and we we fail to uh, you know to achieve success exactly. sometimes with, with our relationships. Right? There isn't always a happy ending as it seems no. in movies. You know, they you know they portray something that doesn't always mm-hmm. happen. But next yeah. one is Memphis Lives in Me, and this showcases David. Uh, this was for a musical for Memphis. Uh, and so it was written by David Bryan and Joe DiPatrio. And I don't know, if, have you ever seen any of David's plays? Uh, I saw Memphis. Yeah, so Memphis <laughs> was good. And then I, I just saw, we actually went to see Diana over the weekend for a second time. Nice. And so it's really kind of, I mean, David just shows, and I don't say this because David's one of my favorite members or in, in my favorite band. David is truly a musical genius. And it's sometimes I feel like he's underrated and doesn't get to showcase his full abilities. And so like you watch Diana or Memphis or Toxic Avenger, you really see how much David does and you get that Bon Jovi sound and you can see how much talent he adds to the band. Mm. But anyway, so the some I, I he sounds a lot like Elton John too, he especially does. in this song. 
And this is one of those songs that make you feel sad and reflective. Yeah. You know, it has just great piano and vocals. Uh, my favorite line is like a sad old melody that cheers you up. It sets you free. And that's how Memphis lives in me. Yeah, I love to. Um, there, there comes a time when muddy waters run rough. There comes a time when a man has had enough. To me, that kind of captures the spirit of it. And, and even the Broadway show, you know, yeah. the, the time when a man has had enough. And uh, it kind of reflects the whole theme of, I think, of the project. Uh, yeah, and the Elton John resemblance is just striking, isn't it? I mean, I remember having this song, of course, back in 04, and, and I think I saw the play in around 2010. And when the show came on, and, and of course, in, when this song came on, I had this just this, you know, warm feeling on because I knew the song so well, and I was so excited to hear it on on Broadway and to uh, to see it. And the and, and the show was just, I can't, I wish I could see Diana. Memphis was so incredible, and I, I think the same thing as you. He's so talented. You would, you're gonna be go see Diana. You'll be blown away. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know what the I think borders are open, aren't they? They just opened, I think, on Tuesday past. Yeah, there there. yeah, there you go. Yeah, next one is the last track of the album, uh, Too Much of a Good Thing. It was written by Crush, written by John Ritchie and Richard Supa or something like that. Supa, Supa, yeah. Supa. Um, Smith. I, I, oh, does he? Okay. Um, I think Amazing or Crazy, one of the songs, a couple songs off the uh, Get a Grip album he wrote on, too. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the guitar intro to this song. Yeah. I think this song's all about something that's too good to be true, addiction to a woman and never going it, to... It's, it's pretty much one of those guy-type songs, you know, like, it's never good enough. You always are coming back for more, you know? Yeah. Um, which would have been a good track if the album's called Sex Sells. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's but it, it's good it wasn't <laughs> put on the album. My favorite lyric is, love is like quicksand, it's ah, always putting you down. Right? That's mine. That's the truth. Yeah. 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 So what's your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take on the whole song? That That's a line I jotted down in my notes here, too. It's the very first line in the song because it kind of gets your – I find that line so captivating to start the song off. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I and I just and I, I kind of like. I mean, like a lot of songs on this disc three, um, I really like the song. I it, I just uh, it's you know it, it's a song that I think every guy can relate to, and it kind of gets gets in your veins. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, my heart's on a string. It's just to me, I I I eat that stuff up. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm blind to the sting, getting too much of a good thing. You know, uh, yeah. I also like you're my, you're my favorite disease. You know, I like I like those, <laughs> oh, yeah. those lines in there. I think I think there's some really just beautiful verses in the lines in the song and verses uh in in this track um so i it's just to me um maybe the the perfect way to close out just three yeah 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 that, it's true and i love the way the chorus is done yeah 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 um, i agree but ov overall it's uh it's my favorite disc um yeah me too i just four here this four is pretty good. You know, Let's just keep going. We'll do, we'll do disc four right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, do we really, I, need, I, do we really I, need love is love is a four letter word two times? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I could I could probably sit here and do the whole box that would be in one sitting. And I actually debated that a while ago, but yeah. you know I like to try to keep these episodes you know under an hour, mm. and so we're already at forty eight minutes. So I figured. If I was to do it with one person, it'd be a four-hour-long video, and people wouldn't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's true. I can't wait to see what we get for forty years. Wow. Yeah. 
I can't wait to. That would be incredible. Like it's just, uh, something that's five times the size. Yeah, really. Yeah, there'd be so many tracks. I mean, and, and some you pick on YouTube. Like, remember I was telling you I love the Lost Highway tracks. Like, let's put the boy back in Cowboy, I think is hilarious, yeah. you know? And that's the thing now you mentioned YouTube is, you know, like you mentioned earlier about, you know, like uh, songs like Lonely at the Top. There wasn't YouTube, so the only way that you could ever hear that song was from uh, Maxi singles where they had bonus tracks, and that's how you heard them. But now, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to wonder if, like, we're going to get songs like Nothing from Have a Nice Day and, you know, kind of like remastered. Or if they're actually going to really pull songs out from the vault that we've never, ever heard and yeah. put. So, and now, because YouTube exists, so there's so many outtakes that we've heard that we that we want and love, you know? Well, even, so, on, the, even on the 2020 record, um, but had ended up with, what 13 songs in the bonus deluxe edition and i yeah. thought i thought i heard john saying he did 23 songs for it yeah right? 23, so, 20, 25 something like that yeah so that's like that's like 10 or 12 right there to play with right um, yeah off that, off that one record that presumably we yeah. never heard any, any of those songs right exactly so, you know you know post this you know we got out takes from have a nice day lost highway circle mm -hmm. what about now this house and then 2020 so there's definitely yeah. a lot of material there and hopefully we get stuff that's pre you know 2002 yeah. Yeah, because he left stuff off this, like, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the song Stay from the Crush Sessions. Oh. Uh, Neurotica, and If I Can Make a Living and Loving You, uh, Wedding Days, another good song from, I think, These Days. Um, uh, Fields of Fire, I think it is, from Keep the Faith. There was yeah. so many songs that even could have been in this collection, you know, that he could have put on a, on a forthcoming box set, right? Yeah. You know, plus, plus those Lost Highway and Circle Ones, you know there's so many to pick from i hope it's at least four discs again with 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 all new material and maybe I'm, a few demos for this ginormous box set that i can't even wrap my arms around <laughs> just filled with discs and filled with memorabilia and books and that's my hope so. and concerts some live dvds and blu-rays and stuff yes yeah <laughs> just, I just know. a box for me to crawl into and never see the light of day again <laughs> all right buddy i'm gonna end the recording here but stay on so i can uh just say hi to you for a little bit and, and to chat thank you uh, thank you for coming on it was you know just like you when you came up for one night we always had a, a good chat so i knew you were perfect for this thank you so all right buddy thanks thanks again it's been a blast and uh, who knows maybe we'll, we'll make it a trilogy we're going to do this far <laughs> let's all keep right. going let's go thank you so much all right bye bye bye, -bye.